You are now listening to the ACMS podcast. Welcome to the ACMS podcast. My name is Logan Brown and your podcaster and this week's special guests are Quinn and Anisha Chick. Yes, they're married and they both graduated from BYU-Idaho. Quinn Chick is a 2015 BYU-Idaho construction management graduate. He completed both of his internships before graduating. One internship was done with PCL Construction in Bakersfield, California, and the other one was done with Howard S. Wright in Seattle, Washington. Since graduating, Quinn stayed on with Howard S. Wright and is working on the Microsoft Campus Expansion in Redmond, Washington. Anisha Chick is a 2015 BYU-Idaho construction management graduate. She completed both of her internships before graduating. Both internships were done with PCL Construction, one in Bakersfield, California, and the other in Seattle, Washington. Since graduating, Anisha has worked for an architecture firm and as the vice president of her HOA, but now tends to her most important job, being a mom. The Chicks, welcome. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us, Logan. This is exciting. I've never done two people, and I think this is going to be great. And for everybody who doubts themselves about meeting someone at school, we have a living fairy tale. Can I say that? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Works for me. This is awesome. Let's jump right in. Let's talk about your experience at BYU-Idaho, and maybe you'll mention how you guys met, and I hope you do. What's something that reoccurs in your mind about BYU-Idaho? Favorite classes, activities, competitions, stuff like that? We talk all the time about how we wish we were still there because yeah. life was so much simpler back then. Yeah, what, what were we into back then? We lived right next to Porter Park. Um, that was one of our go-to places. Go-to places, <laughs> just go to the park. Uh, we were there in the spring too, so the weather was nice for spring and fall. We really enjoyed our construction classes and architecture classes too. They were just a lot more time-consuming and a little harder. <laughs> well, maybe not harder, but like... Yeah, challenging. So, so Anisha double majored or whatever you call it, but she majored in construction management and then got an associates in architecture. So she was in the Austin building a lot, a, a lot more than I was. <laughs> like she would, she would be there till midnight while I was off playing golf. And I did not regret that choice. I, <laughs> I still don't regret that choice. I got a lot of good golf in, but um, we, so we met in architecture class, arc, arc 100, or was it 101? 100. Yeah, ARC 100 in um, Brother Jensen's class. We were in a group, and this was before when it was in three credits, and we met for three three times a week, and we got to know each other pretty well because we were hanging out a lot. Yeah, homework turned into dating and turned into uh, marriage. No, that's a that's a cool story. What what other classes helped you guys decide that construction was kind of the route you guys wanted to follow? I guess I was still kind of feeling it out in in the Arc 100 and Construction 120 phase. Um, even through my second year, like the methods and materials classes and stuff, I didn't quite have it yet. It was I guess when I really got a passion for it was uh, after my first internship and when we started getting into the estimating classes so the first estimating class with brother blaylock i loved that class that one really hit home for me and then all the nitty-gritty stuff the scheduling the estimating second level class obviously capstone yeah capstone um, was huge amazing. 
and the PM class too, that yeah. brother sessions. That one was really good too. I like that one a lot. Yeah, you probably got a couple more since you took a lot more classes. Yeah, that. Anisha, for you, what was that? What were the classes you enjoyed about the architecture side of the CM degree? I I have a lot of favorites. Uh, they were so brother Jensen's. Can't remember what they're called but the presentation graphics i think i think it was like arc 180 or something like that yeah those ones were really great i mean they were so hard and they really pushed you to you don't think that you can get it done but somehow he just you know makes you plug along and then seeing all of your work at the end you're amazed of like wow i did all of this and i mean it it really builds your portfolio you know if you want to become an architect in the future so it yeah it's it was a pretty amazing class i like that one and i also liked my uh, autocad classes and my um, bim classes with revit so those ones were all really good classes for me i really enjoyed them yeah, so I was in the Austin a lot. <laughs> and we'll make we'll make a shout out to Brother Jensen because he retired. Yeah, I saw I that. that. But we'll make a shout out for him and for everything he's passed on because I've been through those classes too. I'm almost done. I'm almost graduating. So I've been at the Austin from 7.45 until midnight and I'm kicking mm -hmm. us out saying go home. And I'm like, I'm not even done. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand the pain of both of you because I, I started off at the CM degree was kind of deciding if I wanted to stay with architecture or CM, and then they offered the VDC degree. Did you guys do any competitions or participate in ACMS? Yeah, um, we, we both we'll did. So we did the, I don't know if you guys still do the Provo challenge one where you send like Arena. a couple teams oh, down wait. to Provo. So I did that one twice and then I did, I think I like, the Reno one. ASC. Was Reno twice or just once? I think that was just once. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we went to Reno once. Yeah, I was on the commercial team. Second? I think we got third. Yeah, and then I was on... Oh, I didn't do any of the CM challenges, but I did do the challenges where, like... Is it Parkway that came over to BYUI? Yeah. I did some challenges where it was at BYUI. Um, but there were like mini challenges and then I also did problems. yeah like practice ones and and it was just with the one single company and they gave us a problem and then they came and we'd have to present to them and then uh, the other one I did was with ASC and that one was I was on the lead team yeah we did not win but it was our first time doing it we were all newbies <laughs> <laughs> and at least we didn't get last so we were all happy about that we we're like woo we won in our books <laughs> Yeah, it's good experience to go through that. It was, and it was so much fun too. Yeah, I don't know if I hope students uh, take advantage of that because you look at like any other school besides ours. At least when we were doing it, I mean, we send like two busloads of kids down there, and if you go to like Oregon State or Boise State or something, like you've got to be a senior, you've got to pay your own way, you've got to pretty much yeah, our be, school does it. Yeah, really you have nice. to be part of a select group of kids that get to go to that, and BYU Idaho just sends like the entire flock down there, and it it's a huge advantage. Yeah, and maybe I don't know. This wasn't mentioned in the bio, but we're doing competitions or activities through ACMS. How you guys got your internships with PCL? No, so I was. Uh, our, yeah, that was our sophomore year. One of my so I had interviewed with every single company that came through that semester. I mean, if I 
had to put a number on it, I would say I probably did 20 or 30 interviews with companies that came through and I got an offer that I didn't really like. So I turned it down in some kind of faith that I would get something better. And then about a week later, like this was a couple of weeks before the semester was over, but a week later, my friend, uh, Thane Warner, he works for Swinerton. Now you should get him on one of these podcasts. But anyway, he, uh, he came up to me and said, uh, Hey, are you still looking for a job? Cause PCL and Bakersfield just called me and was seeing if I want one, but I don't, but I can recommend you. So I was like, heck yeah, man, we're already packed to go live with my parents for four months, <laughs> but <laughs> heck yeah, let me know. And they, I mean, within a day I had an offer and had accepted it. So we, changed the direction the direction that we were driving <laughs> and went south um got an apartment really quick down there and uh mm-hmm. i was working there for oh, a week and a half yeah a couple of weeks before they, they found out that i was also in that major but i didn't want to do anything because i didn't want to step on any toes i was like i'll wait i can do my internship after but then they were like hey we heard that you're also in CM. Do you want to come for an interview? And I'm like, yes, please. That would be great. I would love that. But we only Thank have you. one car. <laughs> <laughs> but so then I went into HR and they interviewed me. Um, and then I, they, you know, hired me on the spot and I was working. I think that same day they put me into training and all this stuff. So I was like, all right, I got this sweet. And so it really, it was a huge blessing. Yeah, they had, so I was doing more operations procurement kind of stuff. Not really my cup of tea, but I was happy to have it at the time. And, uh, an issue was up in the estimating department. So, yeah. Um, so we're on different departments. So we didn't see each other, but we did get to have lunch together. So yeah, that's that was nice. true. Four peanut butter and jellies every day, <laughs> every single day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, it it worked out really well because we did. so we had planned it where we didn't think we were going to be able to do them at the same time. So we thought we were going to have to graduate a year later because we weren't going to be apart from each other for that long. Well, one of us did an internship and the other one went to school, right? We were going to stick together. So we were planning on, okay, you do an internship, then I'll skip a semester while you, or you skip a semester while I do mine. And it ended up on both of our internships, we got to do them at the same time and so it was we graduated a year earlier than we thought we would great huge blessing and this you said this happened your sophomore year so then you had a couple more classes to do and then when did your second internship happen a year later yeah and then you both went to seattle but quinn you worked with howard s Wright, and then anisha you stayed with pcl Mm -hmm. how did that process work out so we went on a expedition and with like six other students, including us, plus um, brother Jensen, Sean Jensen. And we all headed up there and we just interviewed as many companies as we could. I think there was like at least 10 or maybe 12. Yeah. Well, we got, we went to their offices and got like a tour and had them present to us about their company, which they love doing. And then yeah, some of those turned into interviews after the fact. And that's kind of how it happened was uh, the PCL one in Seattle, he called and said, you know, hey, I saw that you both previously worked with PCL and just kind of wanted to get to know us more and was like, hey, here is an offer to have a second internship. And, and we did have like a phone interview per se, and then then offered it to us. And then I, I don't remember, did I accept it on the spot? 
Or if we talked about it we talked about it. I we, think we, we did. talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> so then we talked about it. I don't know. It's so long ago now. But so we talked about it. And then and then he got in. I had already. Yeah, I already had an offer from Howard S. Wright. They had come, they had video interviewed us. And so so Anisha accepted her offer. I did not. And the reason I didn't was. And I was leaning toward PCL, but they were going to put me on like a DMV remodel. And uh, Howard S. Wright was going to put me on a 21-story office tower in downtown Seattle. So I'm looking at that like, hey, I think... That's a cool project. Yeah, I think experience <laughs> matters more than money at this point in my life. And I want to go build a cool thing. So so I took that offer and uh, she would take the Jeep down to the airport you were working at. The yeah, I was working on a special project at the airport. Um, and it was basically redoing the concourse there and doing, uh, there was like three projects going on at the same time while I was there. So we kind of did, yeah, this in-flight space, then a little bit of this, uh, other space, but yeah. And so, yeah. And then I was, I was taking the bus into downtown Seattle every day, um, Stuart and Boren and we were, yeah, right. Digging in the ground, digging a 60 foot excavation right in the middle of Seattle and building an office tower out of it. It was a good time. Yeah, I love I love what you guys just shared. And you both graduated in 2015. And after that, you moved back up to Washington. One went back to the same company and another started something else. So I want you guys to explain the different paths that you took after graduation. I remember deciding, I don't know if you remember this, but we before we graduated, we had already decided that Anisha wasn't going to pursue getting another job because we thought that having two jobs would be too much stress and too much kind of fatigue to be able to eventually start a family. We were also kind of scared of making too much money out of college and then getting our income cut in half. We didn't know if, yeah, if, we, we, wanted, if we wanted the stress of getting our income cut in half and our dependence growing. <laughs> so, so we had kind of already decided that we wanted to start a family. So Anisha was eight months pregnant when we, when gra graduated. When we graduated. <laughs> yeah, so, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> we changed where we were living. We went to, came to Seattle. We had a new baby within a month, a new job yeah. within that month. And just everything about our lives just completely flipped over on end as soon as we got here as soon as we graduated yeah. so uh maybe that's why we like Rexburg so much. that probably um, is why <laughs> but so simple. we were like you know all the things you worry about I needed to get us on health insurance right away I needed to start working and bringing in a paycheck right away like I worked for a month and then took a couple weeks off to be with her and the new baby we hit the ground running and we can talk first Anisha about your path you took right so it you, you talked about in your bio that you worked for an architecture firm as an as-need basis. Mm -hmm. Can you go into that a little bit more and also talk about the experience and the knowledge that you gained from being a VP of the HOA? So for the architecture, it was pretty much just, so it, it became lenient. So my dad is the architect and he was asking for, he needed help and he knew that I have this background. So he would send over documents and things that I needed to, uh, that he, he didn't have the time to look over. And so I would go over all the like the shop drawings and making sure that it matches with the specs and then send it back to him, see if anything needs to be changed or what they did that if they messed up. 
and then he didn't have any blue beans. So that he, then he really used me a lot um, because I was able to, you know, make those corrections right on the pages. He would do it all by hand. And then he was a little bit more old school. So then he would send it to me and then I would, um, yeah, do it on blue beam. And then I would, you know, flatten the page, send it back to him. And then he would send it back to his contractors. And so he did a lot of church buildings or church, uh, chapels and stuff like that and remodels and things like that. So I just, yeah, basically helped with paperwork and then with, <laughs> which is 90% of architecture. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And then, uh, with being a VP for the HOA that had its challenges, I'm glad that I don't have to do it anymore. Right. I mean, just a lot of people problem solving. There was a, quite a few issues of like, Hey, you need to have communication with others. And there then there were a couple big projects that you helped plan though. I mean, that's true. The roof. That... So we did the, um, we changed the roofs off of our condos. We did the roofs was a major change. And then also, uh, there was quite a few dry rot spaces on the big, um, columns and beams that we had. So we had to make sure that we had contractors there and check that out. And then they, were able to get that primer coat to make it so it stops doing that and then replace some of the dry rod. And that was pretty fun to use my, I guess my degree in that kind of capacity, but. Yeah, it was cool. She'd be evaluating bids from the companies that were going to come do that work or the painting or the deck coatings or whatever it was. And no, you got this wrong. No, we need to change this term. I mean, so it did all, I mean, you can't use all this stuff in, in normal life too. Yeah. And here's the golden question, Anisha, with your, with your current job that you have now, wink, wink, what's the <laughs> best part about being a mom? Oh, hearing their laughs, telling, having them tell me that they love me or, uh, I don't know. It's, it's in the little things. Cause there are definitely days where I'm like, wow, it would be so much easier to just go to work. <laughs> and then I don't have to deal with this child that screams at me all the time when he's mad and he needs a nap and but I mean honestly there wouldn't be anything that I change I I do love being a mom they're I don't know they're just good kids I we talked about this too just the, the other day that we we're like man we're so lucky to have such good children I mean of course they have their moments and their days but all in all like we have really good kids and it's just, just all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good choice. And I think the mom job trumps all jobs. I think that's the most difficult. So thanks for, thanks for doing what you do. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And Quinn, let's talk about your path after BYU-Idaho. And you went back to Howard S. Wright. And you mentioned a little bit the project you worked on in Seattle. And now you're working on a different one. You want to go through that and explain a little more? So yeah, right out of college, I was earmarked to go be on our 1001 Broadway project. It was a 16-story apartment tower in downtown Seattle up on Capitol Hill. The, the bottom two floors of it turned into a Whole Foods market that we fully built out. Um, there were five levels of underground parking there, so we were digging another 60-foot hole in the ground in the middle of Seattle. I got to be on that job see I graduated in January we broke ground on that job in June so I was there for all of the pre-construction all the estimating all of the design development for it and then I built it 
granted I was the lowest man on the totem pole while we built it, but saw that job through. I was the last one out the door on that job. So I did all of the QC and punch list at the end, which taught me a lot of things I wished I would have known at the beginning. So that one took me into right about at my three year mark. Um, it was a hundred million dollar job, um, 265 residential units that we had to just have in immaculate conditions. So, and then after that, I guess a year and a half ago, almost it's crazy, but yeah, I got sent out to the Microsoft campus modernization job, which is, it's a joint venture between Howard S. Wright and Skanska. This job's massive. It's multi multiple billions of dollars. It's Microsoft wiping out their whole East campus and building a new campus there. So, uh, building an enormous garage that'll another huge hole in the ground, <laughs> 6,000 car garage. And then we've got another couple big players in the Seattle market. So selling and GLY or two other large Seattle contractors that are out on campus with us as well. Kiewit's building a bridge that connects to this job. I mean, so I'm interacting with all kinds of others. I mean, we're just getting started and we've got 400 craft people on the job right now. Yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride. It's definitely humbling. It's made me feel like I really don't know all that much or that there's just so much out there to know. Every day is pretty daunting, but also really exciting. And I wish I could show pictures through the podcast because what you sent me, the, the renderings look great. And I'm, I bet you in person, they look even better. They, they do look better in person. Man, it's uh, something you can be proud of when you're done. That's one thing I really like about what we do. There's a building there. It'd be really hard for somebody to come take away what you just did. Because we don't really see a lot of people, and not, not only talking about BYU-Idaho, but people who marry into the same degree or the same type of interest. What are your plans that you guys have for the future, either for your family or for the architecture slash construction world? We probably will never have a company yeah. business together. I think, that's, <laughs> I think that's one thing that we have learned is we will never own our own company unless we absolutely have to. <laughs> but it's also because we both came from parents <clears throat> that had their own companies. And so seeing that and just how much work you have to put into it and how much you have to sacrifice. We're like, mm, I don't think we want to yeah. do that. <laughs> Hats off to everybody that does. Yeah, but yeah, but I would way rather just collect my benefits and my pay and get the heck out of there every day. <laughs> we're, I don't know. We're kind of, so this is a pretty fast paced environment for both of us too. We're kind we don't have a ton of ties to the area either. We don't have any family up here. Um, my family's in Oregon. Oregon. Her family's in Hawaii. Yeah, we don't really have any huge reason to stay here other than that I like my job so much. When you're in the city, things seem to move faster. You seem to move up the chain faster if you're in the heart of it and you're on these faster-paced jobs. So we don't have any reason to stay and we don't have any reason to leave, but we like what we... We like it here. Yeah, we like it here. You just ride the wave. That's okay. No, it's okay. It's, it's good to just kind of do what we're doing now and see what happens in the future. And things might change too. We might change our minds. We don't know. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're open to pretty much anything, but. The nice, the nice part about it is if we ever leave this, it'll be because we really want to, not, yeah. not because we have to, right? My dad tells me that all the time. He says, Hey, listen, any, you can come back to Hepner, Oregon anytime you want to. 
and buy a $70,000 house that would cost you half a million dollars there, you can always come back to this life, but take advantage of the time that you're in that life so that you can, what I'm learning right now, it would take me decades to, to learn in a slower environment, I think, or if I was building houses or something, granted, those people know a ton more about building houses than I do. We don't have to stay, but if we do, we like it here. It's a good spot. As we wrap up our podcast, I want to bring us to the focal point of the four cornerstones of our department, which are to build others through Christ-like service, lead with integrity, design, construct, and connect with our communities, and grow our knowledge continually. And for the both of you, how do you show Christ-like service in your family and to those around you? I don't know. It seems to me like example is the most powerful thing that you can have. So I remember when I first got to work, because people, people in construction management, when you graduate, there's kind of this expectation that you're going to work pretty long hours. I set the expectation very early on that I'm a seven to five guy. I'm going to work from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. And if you need me to stay longer, it's going to have to be after eight or nine that I crack my laptop back open and we get on the phone because I'm going home and I'm seeing my daughter for these two hours that I have her during the week. And so I set that expectation. And by the time, I mean, after a few months went by, I might've got some funny looks when we first got it or when I first started doing that. But after a couple months, people start expecting it. And then after a couple more months, if I'm there at six or if I'm there at seven, they are telling me to go home. They're telling me to get back to my family. And so that's kind of one thing I would stress. And sorry, I'm going to ramble for a quick second. But um, I remember every company that would come through to BYU-Idaho, I would ask them the same question. I would say, what does your company do to promote work-life balance? Either I would ask that or somebody's wife in the crowd would ask that or something and say, how is the work-life balance? How is the culture in your company? And the more I have done this, the more I've realized that work-life balance is not your company's responsibility. Work-life balance is your responsibility with you and your family. So we don't have a secretary that's going to call you every night at seven and make sure you went home when you were supposed to. It's something you have to nail down. It's something, it's an expectation you have to set, just like not drinking or not smoking. And we've all been through that. We, Every person you talk to has some experience when they were in high school and they didn't drink. And after a while, their friends realized it. And then they started to stick up for him and they said, no, he doesn't drink or whatever it is. It's the same thing with going home at night, putting your family first, um, leading by example. That's, that's huge. That's a way you can serve others because they can see you and they can see, Hey, that's, that's working for Quinn and Anisha. Maybe I can do that too. Maybe I don't have to be here till eight. Maybe work will still be here when I get here tomorrow. Anisha, anything? That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you've got something. <laughs> Anisha is the, she's not going to say this, but I'll say it. <laughs> oh no. She is the go-to in our ward and among all of her friends. She's the leader when it comes to serving others. So she, if you could see how much she used to babysit before the coronavirus happened, for people that had doctor's appointments or for people that did this or that or any small act of service that she could do, it's it's pretty impressive. And then anytime we need something, it's like there's 
15 people that will do something for us because Anisha has served all 15 of those people. <laughs> it's like wherever she can serve, she does. It, it's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. But I enjoy it too. I, I like doing that. So it's not like a pressure or anything on me. It's like, hey, yeah, I, I would love to help. If I can help, I would love to help. And so, yeah, I guess that's kind of how I... She, yeah, she, she has uh, surpassed, she's transcended what most of us accomplish in this life, which is doing things because we feel like we have to or we're obligated to. <laughs> she now serves out of love and because she actually likes doing it. It's impressive. You guys are awesome. I could, oh man, I just wish I could hang out with you guys. <laughs> Come on over, man. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, words of advice that you want to just give to students that are listening that are struggling with life or internships or getting a job I guess just enjoy what where you're at now because I mean when we were at school we were kind of stressed doing school work and stuff and I'm a huge nerd <laughs> I love studying so it was great having Quinn because he was like hey let's enjoy being here and let's do things and so um, I would definitely take advantage when you're at school. Don't just be like, oh man, all I have to do is study. It's like, no, you can go out. Like, even if it's just to Porter Park and, you know, throw a Frisbee around or throw a football around, just do it. Um, or just enjoy what you're doing. And I mean, there's a talk about like, learn to love learning. And I mean, I think that applies to everyday life. You can learn to love to learn or learn to love to serve or, you know, anything. It's, I would say, uh, you got to strike a balance between, I don't know. So there's probably some people that are deciding if this is the major for them, right. Or if they want to change, you've got to strike a balance between just going, just doing it and taking the time to decide it. It's kind of the planned versus emergent opportunities that, are talked about in one of the books that Brother Sessions had us read. Nothing is permanent, I would say. So even if you go do this, if you go be a project engineer or what have you, um, it doesn't have to be permanent. It's not like you're going to doom your entire life by picking the wrong degree unless you're going into art or something. But construction management isn't one of those degrees that you can just doom your entire life for. I mean, there are so many things you can do with this degree. There's a largely, a hugely untapped subcontractor market too that I feel like college students don't even think about, or at least I didn't. I had to get in with a big general contractor and that worked for me. But if I had to, if I had to switch right now, I don't think I would go to another general contractor. I think I would go to a subcontractor and I would go be a true expert in elevators or a true, I mean, elevator mechanics make like 200 bucks an hour. You can, there are so many things you can do with this degree and you can make just as much money going and being a project engineer for a subcontractor as you can for a general and for a lot, probably a lot less stress and something you can actually laser focus on if you don't like the broad nature of what you're doing. And yeah, nothing's permanent except you and your family. You guys just <laughs> keep that going, make that happy, and then... Go do something. God doesn't really care what you do. He just cares how you do it. Advice from Quinn. <laughs> Quinn, Anisha, thank you for everything you've passed on to us, for the experiences that were shared, for connecting back to BYU-Idaho, 
and being representatives out in Washington. And uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Say hi to all of our professors for us. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the ACMS podcast.